Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So today on Bluebells Forever podcast, I'm excited because I get to reconnect with Athena. And we'll go into a little bit of our history and then your every life before I got to, to know you at the reunion. But also, Felix, I've been listening to your podcast together. So it's fun to have, get a sit down with both of you. So I wanted to do this because I know Athena's not been doing her podcast for a little while, but you've been missed in the podcast scene and people have asked where you've gone. So I'm like, let's let everybody know you're good. You're fine. You're wonderful. <laughs> you're still around, but you're doing other great things. So First, thank you and welcome. Yeah, we just created a new stage for so both of us can be. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> oh, that's so well. Actually, when you did the um, my isolation cabaret for my studio, and then when the camera went to you, you actually had a new stage. Like <laughs> Felix built you a stage in your in your. I'm like, okay, so you guys are obviously capable capable of making new stages. So first, welcome and thanks. Thank, thank you. you. Thank so, Athena, can you t- just share a little of your connection to the Bluebell world and the showgirl world, even though some people have heard you, if they've listened to mine, you've been on maybe three or three times and then the anniversary and then the, yep. yeah, our road trip, all that. So yeah, first let's just do a recap of who, who yes, you are. Yep. Yeah. I was in Jubilee. I was a Bluebell for three months and then I got promoted to a tall nude and then I worked my way through all of the lines except for short bluebills and I became a principal dancer so I was in Jubilee for five years and uh, I got to be Delilah for a few times and yeah <laughs> so <laughs> that's my showgirl history in a really tight nutshell and yeah. you know going to the bluebell reunion I was like oh my god the bluebells going away. I need to do something, of course, because I'm like, it's my job. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I remember we both looked at each other on the stage during that master class, and we were like, I'm going to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a podcast. Yeah. And then we both forgot about it. So we both started a podcast. Like, so we oh, both started right. a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. yours is called Showgirls Life. Yes. And, and it's funny because I had already started my website, Showgirls Life. 2018. So it was like a year and a half before I even went to the uh, reunion. And the whole purpose was to like give my showgirl philosophy and performer tips and basically help people become better performers. Uh, Mostly it was for focused on burlesque performers because that's where I was at the time. I was in the burlesque scene and I just saw a lot of like things that could have been tightened up, you know, with some pro tips. Uh, So uh, did it didn't it, it's shifting it's morphing and it's becoming a lot more bigger than that but yeah I did the podcast for about a year and a half and it's a lot of work a weekly episode is a lot of work especially you know you talk to someone for an hour it's not just an hour it's an hour plus two hours of editing plus all of the marketing and getting it out you know out to the world so um I was spending about I think eight to ten hours a week on the podcast and I just, I didn't have the time, the bandwidth anymore. So um, it's still up. 
my members are, you know, helping support keeping it up, um, paying for the, the uh, hosting, helping me pay for the hosting and keeping the website going. And um, so, yeah, it's, you know, the support to keep this going. Uh, I just, I need that. <laughs> um, I went to excuse me, I went to Vegas last month and I did a panel for Sukim runs the fishnets and spotlights panel. Uh, she does it every few months. She's done it for six years and she's basically, she has people on to talk about their time in the production shows in Vegas. So she's done little offshoots with like uh, some of the variety uh, performers and things like that. And so this time I, it was about 35 years of Jubilee so she had me, Anthony Brown, uh, Belinda Smith, and Diane Paul. So it was like a really, like, everyone from, you know, two from the beginning, you know, Diane and Anthony were there, like, the longest. And then me towards the end <laughs> of the time. And it was, it was so lovely. I mean, some of the people in the audience were people that I had interviewed and hadn't met yet before. And, uh, you know, uh, Trisha Lee or... or um, and Patrick is uh, Bluebell's son. They were in the audience and uh, Las Vegas Showground Museum represented by um, Grant Filippo was in the audience. So there was just like a bunch of people that I could, you know, talk to and say hi to and meet again or meet for the first time after uh, the pandemic. So it was really, um, it just reignited my passion again for uh, showgirls. I might be bringing the podcast back, not uh, in a weekly capacity because I just can't do that <laughs> yeah um you know especially like you know reaching out to people and and trying to find people to that want to share their story because there's a lot of us that that um are still shy or are in professional positions that can't share the story for fear of losing their jobs so yeah. there's that part of it too so uh yeah it was really exciting um 36 hours in Vegas. <laughs> well, so, so you came in, did, did you have time to get out and explore a little bit or? Uh, we didn't explore. Uh, so Kim took me to breakfast and then we all had like a, a family dinner at a restaurant and hung out. And then we went to Frank Coombs place after that was, <laughs> it was just like this whirlwind of events and got to just see, you know, your generation of showgirls getting together, talking about the old days and swapping stories. And my eyes are like this big and <laughs> Diane is like, <laughs> I, I, Diane, we all want to hear Diane Palm's story. Like we all do so badly. Please, Diane, please share your story. Uh, because she has an incredible memory and she had, you know, such, uh, she had the in, you know, she was left right hand lady for, I don't know how many years, probably at least 20 years. And yeah, it was um, just seeing the dynamic. I don't know if I shared this on my, uh, I did a recap for my members of the trip. It was the 30 minute story time, um, sitting at the airport waiting for my plane <laughs> to come home. I recapped the whole 36 hours and my favorite, I think my favorite part of the entire weekend, not being on stage, you know, talking about Jubilee was, it was really getting, you know, being close with all of those people telling their stories 
and Diane Palm standing up in the living room, Frank's living room, and, and telling us that the whole Red Fence choreography before the fire was completely different than after the fire or what ended up being on stage. And she started demonstrating choreography from 40 years ago. She actually remembered it and walked us through like the whole beginning of the dun, 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 dun. and then just seeing Diane and her beautiful long arms doing the choreography. It was just like incredible. And I was just like blown away. It was, wow. it was amazing. So, oh yeah, my gosh, that <laughs> that's a, that's a good one. Cause I know there are people that remember parts of the show and I can't remember what I taught last week in class, <laughs> but I go, if I did a show for two years or we in one year, two shows a night, I would think some of it would be in there, but there's people that can, you know, give that music and they can pop right back into that time. I think if you had the music and you started listening to it again, you, it would start to come back to you because I've forgotten some things. Like I never thought I'd forget the Taylor choreography, and so every 4th of July, you know, the, on Facebook, the video uh-huh. pops up again and I just kind of like do it in place. <laughs> um, so I've forgotten some of it, but I think it starts to come back. If you just keep yourself, you know, if you want to. <laughs> well, sometimes when I, I watched something, it was our San Francisco number and hello, Hollywood. Hello. And then it did part of it came back and I go, if I close my eyes, I go, I can almost picture the rest of it. But it is, I think I'd have to hear it over and over. But those people that, you know, they're teaching choreography besides just doing it, they had to like get oh, it in their brain a different right. way than if you're just doing it. Like if you're like, you know, the line captain or whatever, I bet that's even more in, embedded in there. Right. Yeah, for sure. I've, I have a question about the panel. Was there, were all of you speaking on something specific or was it just a question and answer? You could answer kind of what your answer and basically she had this whole, like, we didn't even get to half the questions <laughs> because it, you know, as we do on the podcast, we, we have our, you know, a list of questions and don't, probably don't get to half of them because there's stories, you know? So it was just basically to highlight the differences between when the show opened and how, you know, rehearsing with Don Arden was versus like being in the show at the, towards the end when, corporate had come in and kind of highlighting some of those differences. And then we talked a little bit about the the Ebony line because Anthony, you know, he became the first black Samson. So that, that was a big deal. He fought, maybe not fought, but (laughs) he pushed hard for a really long time. And then um, I really loved his rendition of Samson. I got to do uh, Delilah with him like a handful of times. And um, you know, every Samson was different. Everyone, you know, had their own spin on the character. So um, we talked to, uh, just about, you know, working with Don, what Don was like. We tried to be as nice as possible. I don't, I've never worked with him, so no, but we all know the stories, <laughs> right? We've all heard the horror stories. So there was a few, but Belinda had some really lovely insights. When I get the link, I'll share it with you because oh. uh, it, it still hasn't been edited yet. Um, again, having friends do stuff for free. It's, it takes a while to get, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, paid gigs take precedence usually. Right. Right. My left. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to highlight this guy right here (laughs) because he's sitting here. Uh, He's been, I think really instrumental in me 
reigniting that passion for the showgirl history and things because he reminds me on a daily basis how important that time was in my life. And mm-hmm. it's, I love it. So yeah, he's really like, he's my uh, support in the back. He's done so much work on the Showgirls Life podcast editing. And um, he just, he was the one that made the, the reunion even more like, holy crap, I was part of this incredible world. And he just, I don't know, it's something, it's something about his, his background in magic. He had like, we forget, we forget how incredible it was sometimes. Oh, you know, I wear body chains and, and feathers. That's, that was just a period in my life and whatever, but he has helped me really like dig into like, I don't know how to articulate it, <laughs> but um, I just, I want to say thank you, my love. <laughs> of course. So, well, and I recognize your voice, Felix, because you're the voice at the top of Showgirls Life. That the no, you're at the end. Are you at the big? At oh the yeah, end? it's our, our little rules section. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and I like. I know this voice. <laughs> I recognize this voice. And also, when we did our Showgirl road trip, you did the really awesome graphics. I did. Us. I think okay. So all this talent. So it's really great to like see your face, <laughs> and it's a presentable face. So good job there. Um, oh, sure. <laughs> can you can you tell a little bit about your career and, I, and also if you guys want to share a little bit of how you met because that's a really fun story especially since your backdrop is feathers and shiny yeah. things behind yeah. you we made all the stuff <laughs> Go ahead, i've been a, a lifetime entertainer i've, I've certainly had uh, other jobs it's been decades now since i've had a real job but uh, i have performed as a magician for the entirety of my life since I was about 10 years old. Uh, That evolved into mentalism, probably inspired by uh, not wanting to have to carry so much gear to theaters. (laughs) And uh, because my father was a homicide detective, I kind of was able to apply some detective skills to some magician skills and put those together to create the illusion of mind reading. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's a fun little you guys call me, is that a, is that a juicy bit? Is that what you guys would call that's, a juicy that's bit? kind of a juicy bit. Okay, um, we'll get into your podcast. We can... <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're going to, there you are. And that, just the graphic, it's so, they're close and it, it feels like the, we're going to have to share some of these post, these photos when your um, episode comes out too, because it does look sure. like old Vegas, but it's, it's a, it's a really great nod to the past, but it looks current and uh, fun what graphics can do now. Yeah what you've created for, for your podcast and what you did for a road trip is like, this is, this brings up stuff. It's not just like good art. There's something more going on in the, in your art there. Thank you. That's very kind to it. I, I do like a uh, vintage aesthetic and Athena uh, and I in our home, we've kind of decided that of all of our differing tastes, one thing we have in common is kind of a mid-century modern uh, or attraction to mid-mod aesthetic so I kind of play with that and and the old Las Vegas with some of these designs thank yeah. you yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah My and that's is very very dark and Victorian or Edwardian and and uh and Athena's likes <laughs> the clean modern minimalism and those are very clashing tastes so the mid-mod makes sense I guess for uh-huh. finding a middle ground it'll be fun it'll be fun okay we get that going <laughs> yeah 
Well, that's, yeah. that's, I want to get to your, what? that was not English. Get to your podcast soon is just of the mixing sure. of your stories. But how did you meet? Because I know like a magician meeting a showgirl, it wasn't like Lance Burton and a big show in Vegas. It was not the story, a magician and a showgirl. Of course, that happened on the strip. Yeah. One would think. And it's fun that uh, people kind of just assume that connection or that we met in Las Vegas. That, that, that comes quite a bit. Um, but uh, it, it was certainly in showbiz. We shared a stage. Uh, we shared kind of a, a little home home venue, a little venue called Clock Tower Cabaret, and it was a burlesque show. So I was variety, not unlike the magicians would be in uh, showgirls reviews. And Athena was uh, performing there as well. And, and we met there and we became friends and were friends for um, several months before we two became years, romantic. Two years. Two years. Two years. Um, but in the meantime, we discovered that we had some interesting skills that when combined can result in some of the creations that you see behind us. Oh, that's a combination yeah. of you two. There's, co yeah, those there's you can't, I think you can't see there's beautiful costumes behind. I know I've watched Athena do some of her craft making. Is that a collaborative? Uh, yeah. So Felix, this is like going to fall off this head. Um, Felix did all the wire work here. So oh my gosh. all of the costumes in Jubilee were braised. They were um, welded together. These, this is all hand bent and pieced together. We, <laughs> we don't have welding tools, um, but yeah. So he did that. And then I did all the beading and the rhinestoning and the feathers. So uh, pretty much every costume I have, he had a part in, he did some sort of uh, metal work because for some reason, uh, he has been his favorite craft or art supply is wire metal and uh, is wire, wire, what do we call it? Coat hangers. Yeah, essentially. Oh, really? Since he was like young. So it's, it's even more like our attraction to each other and like how insanely creative we can, like when we get together and make these crazy things. Uh, it, it was almost like we were meant to be and mm. it's just mm. things. Yeah. We had a, we had a very magic hug, the solar plexus one day after two years, all of a sudden this, it was just like, it was time. Wow. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so did Felix, did you work in Vegas? Had you been around the, the showgirl in Vegas? Uh, we, Athena and I have not shared a stage in Las Vegas, but I've, I've performed in Las Vegas many times. Uh, I do a lot of corporate work, so uh, the, most of the appearances would be private, uh, but I did appear uh, many times in a show called uh, Wonderground, which is produced by Jeff McBride, one of the more famous magicians in the world. Um, and that's that used to be a, a monthly thing before the pandemic and i hear rumors that it's coming back so i'll probably go play with that again but uh, uh we we never got to share a stage in las vegas yeah did you have interest in the showgirls i mean had you was that something uh, i mean obviously not <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. tell your story I, I will my first exposure to even the concept of of showgirls really sticks out of my memory and uh my father, again, who was a homicide detective, 
had a convention of sorts to attend in Las Vegas in, I want to say, right around the opening of Jubilee, but we've determined that that's not the it show that no. they, they saw. So my, my parents went to Las Vegas for uh, this short convention and did attend a showgirls show. And when they came back, that's all my dad could talk about was getting to oh see gosh. this showgirl review. Uh, and we've determined that was the Lido. The Lido. That's Stardust. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I'm, so, I'm going to jump all over with these, but the, what is it that got you? that you saw this in Athena that you wanted to encourage it like what was it that you because you know her as this beautiful human and you also know show business because some people like hey let's get away from all that but for you you were leading her back into her heart you know in in a way uh certainly one of the things that we have in common is is show business and that almost seems uh for us who we, we intend to stay rooted in show business uh, rather than move on or get away from showbiz. Mm -hmm. And it almost seems necessary if one of us is going to partner up with somebody else uh, so that that other person has some at least functional vocabulary in show business, if not, you know, a full understanding because it's, uh, you know, as a magician, I've discovered that it's kind of an inherently flirtatious gig if you will and and that becomes very intimidating or uncomfortable for people who are not familiar with showbiz i suppose yeah Um, but uh i discovered all of athena's uh magical abilities with uh with craft and and sewing and and swarovski (laughs) um and and we essentially did discover that uh we're both creative problem solvers and we started putting things together and and uh we're still discovering new ways that we're compatible and and things work so it became very exciting but i also had this reverence for the showgirl and uh you know i certainly wasn't being shallow and that being part of my attraction to athena but learning about uh the production and and uh and real showgirls, you know, the way my father talked about it. And mind you, I was, I was really young when, when he came back from Las Vegas raving about this show and this experience, but uh, uh, there was a reverence there from a perfect layman, you know, somebody who, who didn't have a background in showbiz. Um, the, the reverence I think was what stuck with me. Uh, it, it really, it really became, so it, meeting Athena and understanding her background was like meeting a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> Her face is <laughs> a long list of stories of many celebrities that he has met. So that's a compliment. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I praise. So you went to the reunion. Did you partake in much of it, Phoenix? Or Felix? Felix, sorry. Got Phoenix on my head. Oh, funny. It's close to Phoenix. Too. Um, <laughs> everything. Uh, we really enjoyed it. In fact, when I'm, I'm sure you know this, but uh, we had a lot of pre-planning before going to Paris uh, for the reunion. And part of that was a guerrilla photo shoot. That, so we spent a, a good half of a day chasing, four hours. Yeah, yeah. chasing, chasing around uh, Paris with Athena wearing a, a flasher's coat to cover some of the costumes <laughs> so that we could jump out at different locations and take photographs, which was a blast. Yeah. The one at Trocadero Square. I mean, that's just like the perfect, perfect 
picture because it is you now, not just you posting you when you were in your glory days. You still look like you could be on the stage now. And then just that setting of that of truck. Cause I've seen people try to take Eiffel tower pictures and at the bottom and you can't see it or it's up their nose. And like that place. And that you've got this, the composition of the photo, everything is just brilliant. I hope you have that enlarged and framed in your house somewhere. Oh no, I actually, we that we should. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't like to put pictures up of myself, except in my like office space where people might, you know, get a glimpse. I don't know. I, yeah. But he is, we took a, I, I guess I took the picture of him with uh, in front of the Eiffel Tower too. So we got some really good uh, photos on that. You know, yeah. we went to the Folie Berger, um, the Moulin Rouge and Lido. Lido, it was closed. The, the gates were down. So, it, you know, uh, but yeah. you want to do that with hardly anybody around. You got to do it when the sun is coming up at sunrise. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we did. <laughs> oh, wow. That makes sense of why that just looks. Yeah. Cause when we did it for the photo shoot for all the girls at the reunion, it was like, it was really cloudy. And so it was really hard because we were backlit. So you couldn't really see the faces. So he had to do a lot of adjusting. So yeah, timing is everything. And yeah, it would have been really hard because we were all up late every night, you know, the night before we had watched the Lido. And so we didn't get back to our uh, Airbnb till at one, I think. It was late. Yeah, it was like one or two. And then we got three or four hours of sleep. I left my makeup on, which I never do. <laughs> I literally took my lashes off, put them down and went like laid down. And then I just refreshed. I put the lashes back on and put on the costume. <laughs> yeah, it was <sighs> Like that was the number one thing I said, if I'm going to Paris, I'm going to get some pictures in my showgirl costume in Paris. Like besides meeting all of these uh, golden showgirls, I am, I'm going to get these photos. So the, those were like the two priorities was like taking the show. Well, I don't think we knew about the showgirl masterclass until like a week or two before. It was probably already full. How- I think it filled up fast. Yeah. I don't even know how I saw the post because I'm hardly ever on Facebook. And I just, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to check. And I saw the post and I was like, <laughs> I'm doing this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, Felix, so did you watch that Felix? Did They had people I could come watch. Or, you did. Okay. Cause there was like, we're all trying to get a hold of footage and someone has it, but I have footage of you. Yes. We have, oh. yeah, we have the whole class pretty much. Yeah. Really? We have the whole class. How was that for you? Because I, I've talked to Lindsay and I've talked to people that brought like their daughter or people that, you know, a lot of these women, their kids only know them as mom. So when they watched their mom in the dance class or when they saw the Lido, even though their mom wasn't in it, they're like, my mom did that. It just husbands that were coming up to Lindsay and saying, I knew my wife did this, but now I have this different appreciation of her. So you can't, you can't do it through photos. It was just something of the ones that got to be in the room that I feel like, how was that for you? It was special. There was a, uh, it was pretty quiet and not just out of respect, but uh, people were kind of mouths agape, really enjoying uh, watching you girls do it and, you know, getting a kind of a a nice behind the scenes look and uh, having a, we, we all experienced a real appreciation for what we got to witness in terms of getting to experience you reliving memories and 
and enjoying each other and picking up on the choreography so quickly. And uh, it was it was lovely. It was really beautiful to watch. But that's fun to hear it from that perspective. I went by myself. Like I knew a lot of people met up with their best friends. I was just kind of floating and joining yeah. in. But I yeah, so I, I wish we had known each other then. But right. there was there was that that dance class I felt bonded in a different way because there were so many people like at the at the meet and greet and the dinner and watching the show. So I sat with people, but I think that to me that dance class felt like a, a different level of bonding, even though we barely talked. It was something and that small number on the stage and not just remembering in my head, I was remembering it in my body. Like I remember what this felt like coming down the stairs. It wasn't just like a distant thing. It was in the present with me. It was just, that was magical. Magical. We, How many no, times we use that word magical all the time and you do magic. So yes. you, you are a connector piece. <laughs> well, see, and that's the difference is his is all illusion. It's, it's, it's fake. Right. My love. Right. It's fake. <laughs> yeah. But what we were experiencing, like the energy, like it's, uh, I wish that everyone who was ever a bluebell or showgirl or in a production show or part of it could be part of those kinds of reunions because it reignites that the buzzing. You remember the buzzing that we all felt just standing <sighs> in the room? Like, yeah, yeah. I, it, and then we go off in this, like, we're kind of like in a trance or a state of hypnosis because that was our life. That was who we were. And it's getting that, it, it's magic. It really. Mm. Like, well, and I so. think you had said it at the beginning because we kind of just put that aside so, and minimize yeah. it. We've, we even talked about that on our road trip. Like, I remember you saying, am I that girl that is making like it was bigger than it was? Like I, I used the comparison of the, I forgot his name in Napoleon Dynamite, the uncle that's still throwing that pass, still talking about yes. that one pass in high school. And he's, you're like, okay, give it up, dude. But then we were like quiet for a bit. Like, well, I think we made too little of it. I think a lot of us, you know, like, well, that's done because it's painful to leave it. So I think we go, now I'm going to focus on that. And so I feel like doing the interviews, connecting with you, being at the reunion, it showed it really, it meant more. And it actually, our experience was more, but even what it, for a whole city, you know, or to like Vegas and Paris of how much it changed the whole culture. Right. Uh, it was bigger than I think a lot of us till we start to put our stories together. And you start to hear the collective and the the length of history and how far reaching to the whole world that all these bluebells are spread out everywhere over all these generations. Like, oh, I'm a part of something that wasn't just like a, sh a show. Yeah, it wasn't just a show I was in for six months or a year or a couple of years. Like like Jubilee, was a, it was on for almost 35 years. Like Rachel Carpenter's daughter did the same role as her. The, really? the oh yeah, I can't remember her. Is it Maya? I think, and she's at the Milan Rouge now. You know, so like there were there were generations. People's babies got into the show, and it just. I think it's important that the work that we're doing is is keeping that showgirl alive, even though she may not be able to perform anymore, um, due to whatever reasons. I mean, it could right. be society just doesn't want to see it anymore who knows but you know what the work I'm doing is is bringing that feminine energy forward for all women because this man was introduced to showgirls when he was probably like 10 11 12 years old he didn't see it but he saw how his dad revered this feminine icon Ooh. 
And he's a feminist, like this guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, I mean, it just, we, we go together so well, but helping, like, I think the showgirl has touched people in a way. There's other ways too, but that, oh my gosh, it's this divine feminine energy that we all embodied on stage. And if other women, even if they don't, they're not five foot 10 with long ass legs and oh, sorry. I can't remember if I'm allowed to cuss, but. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little here and there. (laughs) Just a little here and there. You know, I think that that energy is coming back in our world. You know, the patriarchy is falling apart, hopefully. But I think the showgirl is part of that energy of, of women that like it is to be revered. Like that's the part of the showgirl that I loved, not not the shadow side, which is some of the shows on the strip. Like I'm I didn't never saw crazy girls, but I'm assuming crazy girls, um, some of the other shows in the 80s that didn't last, but they really sexualized her a lot. You know, the shows we were in, Don was, you know, he wanted very classy and they weren't homegrown women. They were sensual, but it wasn't over the line. Like burlesque is over the line most of the time. So it's, I think that for me, it's important to help women, all women, not just the old showgirls and showgirls now, but is to get out of that toxic femininity into back, back into that gracious divine feminine energy. Mm. Yeah. That's the work I do. (laughs) Well, I know you've, you've changed as, I mean, I, I want to, I'm what words are really hard. Morning is not my best time. (laughs) Um, Words words will come, but just (laughs) this is way before it's bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) We have like our little time difference, but just getting to know you, I was, I feel very honored to call you friend because doing the sugar road trip was like, I'm going to do it. Athena, do you want to do it? And it was like, practice, just figuring out the practicalities of taking time away financially, just, you know, not working for a week figuring out what we're going to do. And, and it came together and it was so much fun, but it gave us a lot of time to talk in the car and to hear more of the heart underneath because you share your heart beautifully every time I've interviewed you and on your own. I don't, it's not just a history lesson because I think that that would only go so far. I love hearing all the history and you're really good at that, but there's always the heart underneath it. So I just love those conversations about femininity, about embodiment, about why this matters and why it matters to each of us. Yeah. So you've, I think, I've seen a change, like what you're doing now, empowering women. I know you were doing that with your feathery rever, revelry, revelry. <laughs> I want to say revelry or revelry. I'm like, I'm revelry. both work, but revelry, <laughs> revelry. Da, da, da. But I mean, when you talked about that, of why, like you watch these women transform during an, an experience with you that you're not just teaching them, you're giving an experience of what it feels like to put these on. And you light up when you talk about that, but even how your showgirl life platform is changing a little bit and some of the things you've been offering, like the selfie thing and different things about empowering women. I don't know if that's been a transformation or it's just a, a, a little bit more opportunity has come out that you can share more of maybe what was the underlying stirring that started, started your podcast. That was yeah, a really, that wasn't even a question. That was just an observation. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, can you share really, that about why, why you are still doing it, but it's, it's changing and kind of finding other beautiful angles of the same 
jewel. Right. Exactly. Cause we're, I believe we're all like facets, like a rhinestone. We all have all of these facets. And so this is the reason I've only wanted to interview some of the older women, because I believe I felt the change. Like I felt it when Linda left the show, Linda oh. Green, she had been with the show for 23 years and it just, something changed. And that's why I don't want to interview anyone <laughs> Who I worked with. I mean, I worked with, with, I did interview a few people I worked with, but they had been in show business a little bit longer than I had. So like 10 years, a little bit longer. (laughs) Uh, They were about eight to 10 years older than me. So I felt that they had the perspective of what it was like before corporate came in and was like, you know, changing things, (laughs) changing things. Um, But I started to hear like a theme through everyone's interviews. I asked everyone mostly the same questions and they started to really feel that, that she, as a showgirl, the icon, the energy wanted to be, wanted to come back, but not in like in a show, if that makes sense. Like everyone, these beautiful feelings about being on stage and being like being presented and revered on that stage, even though it was grueling. And there were times where we were like, uh, I have one, (laughs) Amelia was telling her story about how she was throwing up in between show in between numbers because she ate too many, uh, jelly beans. (laughs) 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 And then fluff comes into the bathroom. Amelia, are you okay? get back on stage. (laughs) But then towards the end, you know, the girls would call in for like a hangnail or something like they would (laughs) like, Uh. it was a whole different time. I would never call into work. Uh, The only time I actually came into work and I left, I went to Diane, Diane, my sister just went into labor. I need to go back to Colorado and I need to be there for her. And she's like, okay, we'll write you out of the show. And it was, and I flew, I, I drove to McCarran and got on an airplane and came home. And that was the only time. The only time. Wow. In the five years, you know, I just, we just never did that. And so yeah. that, that, that's why I wanted to really focus on some of the older women and men and people that were part of the shows is, is because it, it was just a whole different like mindset, work ethic, and then something about those women and, and, it was, we were just revered differently. Whereas, you know, when, when uh, I was there, when we had HR meetings and, (laughs) you know, it was, it was very different than like the showgirl and like, even uh, going to see the Lido, I felt like the showgirls were not revered enough in Mm. the show. The, the, the women were not on the pedestal enough for me. So it just, it felt, it feels like that energy or that the reverence is going away. And so that's why I'm doing the Amplify You Amplify You podcast and, uh, you know, every piece of information I can get that it's actually coming from me being a showgirl and like, this is how you unfold because we all did. We, when we all auditioned, we all had these awkward outfits and, yep. and but then we all unfolded and blossomed into these gorgeous women on the stage and like that's what I do that's what I'm going to help women 
all around the world, whoever wants to be part of that becoming and reigniting that divine feminine. So she is not no longer oppressed or um, basically expected to be, behave a certain way, objectified, mm. sexualized, all of those things, infantized, wow. all that stuff. So I had a conversation. I can't remember who it was now. This is terrible, but how when men would come to the show, they would look at these beautiful goddesses, but no one was like, Oh, I'm going to have her. Or it was a reverence. Like you, like you, what was the word you said? It wasn't reverence, but it was, um, I'll come back. It's kind of like esteemed revered. Yeah. So I guess it revered her, but you could have those same girls go to a bar afterwards in a turtleneck and some guy thinks he can grab your butt. Yeah. Same girl, but it was like, Oh, what is there? Is something like the unattainable but respected as opposed to like, well, you're here for my pleasure or, or I can grab you. So like, like these are, we have the same girls could be the same person, different environment of that. Like you said, being lifted up and like, there's no sexualization or maybe dominance. I don't know. We can get into all that, but it just felt like the safest place to be because yeah. I've done, I've done showgirl workshops and embodiment things and how to be beautiful invites danger, hatred, <laughs> to That's be sexy. Yeah. yeah. There's so some like psychological techniques yeah. and tactics. I, I, confidence is one of those things that, that modifies other people's perception of a person. Yeah. Athena's in this perpetual discovery of bringing the showgirl into just life. And, yeah. you know, we've, uh, we have these creations like uh, this body chain behind Athena here um, that can function over a gown. Uh, oh, and so it's, it's been on dates with us recently. Um, yeah. So uh, Athena brings it out, but I think that there's a, a confidence and even posture that makes a person seem a little more untouchable and and less like a, a plaything. You know, there's there's yeah. a, oh. a force field of confidence, I suppose. Hmm. I also think that it has to do with the expectations from the other side, from the male, or you know, it could be female. Um, that a beautiful woman, this is her role and this is how I want her, the expectations. And it's from the patriarchy. And so I think I could go on and on about that. Uh, we didn't have that, you know, in, in the showroom, it was, we were putting on a show, that same person going to a nightclub and having that situation. It's because um, I think it, it's when there's that the fourth wall is yeah. no longer there you know we don't have that force field of yeah. protection that we are not that we are untouchable and i think that that's part of the like training that's missing from a lot of males upbringing it and it's there's many reasons i mean you know you uh women are objectified i don't know why there are women on sports casting like I, it doesn't make any sense to me, <laughs> but I, I see it every day when I'm at work, the ESPN is on and there's women talking about sports and I'm just like, what is going on here? But it, it, I feel like it's being taught that women are there as our playthings, And that's, that wasn't the case in the show. And it's just a matter of switching those, those mindsets and that upbringing and, um, detoxifying the masculine a lot 
I think little. it would benefit the men a lot too. Like if you, if a woman is allowed to be as beautiful and as sensual and as sexy as she really could be, instead of not needing to downplay the men would benefit from that too, from a confident, sexy woman, instead of like, I don't want to be too much, too loud, too pretty. Cause it, I've heard this so many times, like when somebody's beautiful, women will say, Oh, I hate you. You're so pretty. And they say it like, it's a funny thing. Oh, I hate you. You're so talented. Or I hate you. Like, wow. So we're getting it from that thing. So you're already told like, don't shine too much. And to be told to go on stage and shine and here's some extra Swarovskis to help you even be the disco ball, be the, be the whole seller. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, you get that message and like, but it's not, but I think the world would benefit. Men would benefit. Um, if women could actually like live into that and then we wouldn't have this game playing as much. So, yeah, I mean, what was it? A couple, two or three years ago, Helen Marin, uh, I can't remember who it was, but he was on a talk show and he said, she's the sexiest woman alive or something right now. And she's like 70. Yeah. (laughs) But that's because she has that. She embodies that goddess, divine feminine energy all the time. She doesn't give a shit Mm -hmm. if you want to, you know, fuck her or whatever like she's just like this is this is me this is who I am take it or leave it and I I feel like we could all benefit from that sometimes I play it down you know I'm a server right now so when I get a table of dude bros I have to pull it in a little bit because um I you know it just happened the other day and their reaction when I come up and I literally have this face on I have red lips and lashes and I I come up and I, I you know I do my smile and and uh, they're like, oh, goodness, you know, like they make these comments and I'm like, you <laughs> get out of my restaurant. <laughs> uh, it happens because they yeah. are, they're not used to a woman standing in her power and being in her power. And it's, it can be uncomfortable or extremely like exciting to them. And they just don't know how to be, they just don't know how to um, take it. So I feel like this guy should start doing some kind of like coaching and like, kind of like, like I said, detoxify the masculine, but I mean, there's a lot of males out there doing this Mm -hmm. work is, you know, like we don't have to be toxic anymore. Like there's just no, no need for it. Let's, uh, let's all live. And it's, 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 you know, trying to balance, balance the energies out. So in Amplify You, can you share a little bit like what what it is that you are bringing across to women or what, and even what they're seeking, like how you have people find you, like, what is it that is drawing them? And what is it that you are offering? That's not like in a magazine or YouTube or. Yeah. I, you know, I, I quit social media at the beginning of this year. It was kind of a goal of mine. <laughs> uh, so I do, I do use Pinterest to reach people, but I'd like to start blogging more. I do have the Amplify You podcast and that is just it's a quarterly podcast. So it's out for a quarter and then it goes away and it goes to a paid product, which is like a, it's a training because every, uh, every quarter I'm going to release. So the last one that's going away in a few days, uh, actually, I don't know when you're, you're, uh, you're posting this. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be gone by then. I think about three weeks. I'm releasing the new one, which is express yourself, like how to express yourself because the last one was all about self-love. And I've determined that in order to put on this costume right here or any of these hats, you have to be confident enough in yourself that you can carry it. 
and wear it, not let it wear you. He talks about this all the time is um, that's the difference between a costume and attire is that you're wearing it and not letting it wear you. So <laughs> I, I determined that self-love and giving yourself permission was the first step that any woman needs to take. I needed to give my, myself permission to become a showgirl because I was a ballerina. I was like prudish and like, this is the way life is. And this is how a woman behaves. Again, this is how a woman behaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did, you know, give myself permission to take that leap into being a, uh, you know, a showgirl or dancing nude or whatever you want to, all of the names, everyone here knows those things. <laughs> when I say showgirl, that's what I'm talking about. Um, but I, I just, I want, I want women to all women to be able to embody that energy. And so I'm using the showgirl as kind of the, the, the thing. So uh, Pinterest is my, my platform right now because it's long-term, you know, if someone wants to find ways to love themselves more or uh, learn how to express themselves more, or uh, maybe learn how to make one of these costumes. I do have a hat 30, I think it's 30 hours of video of me making the hat from scratch. Is that the Bergen? No, I the, watched that. Is that different when you on your Patreon? There was one that you were. Yeah, it's red and black. I was saying it was like therapy because you're very, like you're very calm and watching watching someone stitch something. Like I was like ASMR or whatever. I was like for falling asleep, having good dreams of beauty. It was just like <laughs> I would start here and I'd be leaning in watching this (laughs) but it was really fascinating because I I I made it actually my headpiece it's not even stitched there's like foam I learned all kinds of interesting tricks but when you look at the things we wore that was metal like that's that you feel like phoenix gosh (laughs) felix as I say it I'm like that's not right um that actually like solid woodworking so it's not going to fall over and those things because I went to the Lido I did a backstage tour which was amazing when I was just there last April and looking inside of the workings of those. And then I have some from another producer, which are fine, very different. And why these things that were worn in the eighties are still on stage and can still stand up. Maybe the feathers need to be replaced or whatever, but the, the structure, I don't know, just, that's a good, just thing about life and foundation and structure. Like if it's not sound, this is going to be a temporary fling or a temporary trend or whatever, like the things that last at time and care and yeah community so I want to get to your podcast of was this something you guys just kind of batted around like hey we should do a podcast together like how did that even come to be because I think you posted like who would be interested in this I'm like of course I want to hear a couple (laughs) that are both in show business and this very different I'm like because I was excited I go this is brilliant I'm glad you guys actually like came up with this because it's a different way to hear stories yeah, we, it was actually a thought before, was it before? We've talked about it many times over the years, but uh, Showgirl's Life came out. There, I think there are two major contributing factors to the birth of deciding to commit to the podcast. And one, of course, is that we have very deep, long discussions with each other, uh, philosophies about showbiz as it, as it applies to regular life and vice versa uh and not i don't think we've finished any one of those conversations so we thought we may as well just record it (laughs) and uh, i think another contributing factor is the realization of 
how our normal is so different than uh, the folks around us here in the suburbs of Denver. Um, it's, it's people are very curious and we can't help but take the show biz with us when we're just out in public uh, on a dinner date. <laughs> and and uh, do you wear so the we body changes? Yeah, it's uh, we. I we have parent costumes. I have a dad costume so that I can blend in a little bit, I suppose. But we still stick out, you know. Uh, oh, I'm so, still wrapped. That's so good. Sorry, I'm just holding on to that image. Okay, go ahead. Let's go. <laughs> I'm putting on my dad costume to go to dinner. Yes, we do it. Yeah, uh, but we still stick out, and yeah. people are curious, and especially when they learn. Well, there's a show called a magician, and and they they have questions. So we thought we might just publicly answer some of these questions by by having a, a podcast and video cast. Yeah, and it actually was inspired. So it was inspired about the same time as Showgirls Life podcast. There was a woman in Paris, American, and we were. Uh, it was after our gorilla photo shoot, and I'm like wearing my costume <laughs> under this coat. And we're at this deli and we're looking at all the food, starving, like, oh, how do we order? <laughs> and we're talking, we're speaking in English and this woman is ordering her, her, her meal. And she turns around and she says, do you need help? Do you speak French? And we're like, no. <laughs> so we told her what we wanted. She ordered for us and she asked us what we were doing there. And I, I kind of flashed her my costume and she was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> An alien just landed. And so we, we told her a little bit. We were at the this uh, the Blue Bell reunion. And um, she was just like in awe. Like we were, we were magical creatures standing there in front of her. And she said to us, keep doing what you're doing so the rest of us can keep dreaming. Oh my gosh, that's the best that's the best endorsement yes. of this line. <laughs> it's on our website. We put it anonymous because we didn't like exchange information. I don't even know her name. Yeah. Uh, she lived right above the deli. She'd been living there for a, a few years and uh, she was just very excited to meet us. So we were like, how can we keep doing what we're doing and, and keep inspiring people? And so, you know, like I said, I can still perform probably if I wanted to. I love playing dress up. I don't actually love conditioning my body to be a dancer anymore. So uh, we have another secret project in the works. We'll let you know when that comes out because it might be a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Very slow process, our uh, things. But um, we just decided like, well, maybe we should, we should do a podcast. I mean, I love, I love talking. We love our conversations and let's, let's just share it and see. And because Showgirl's Life uh, nearly killed me, <laughs> a weekly <laughs> podcast is hard. <laughs> so we're like, okay, let's do it every two weeks and we'll see. And we'll batch, we'll do, we'll, you know, record a bunch at once and then release them. So all the first, the first uh, six episodes, I think six, six or 10, I think we recorded on like one day. It was a long day in September. And you're on a like, roll too, right? Because you're kind of, yeah. things are coming. So by the, yeah. So by the like third or fourth episode, we're like, Lageria. We just, like, <laughs> 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 all the things. And then we're like, oh my God, it's been, that's a 50 minute episode. We're, we're trying to keep it to 20, <laughs> 20 to 30, um, you know, because we'll, we'll never end these, um, 
you know, conversations, like you said, we just keep talking and it's, you know, we keep going around the same things and then new ideas come up and we go on all these tangents and uh, we have the juicy bits. Talk about the juicy bits. This was his idea. Just the title <laughs> of it. It's uh, uh, juicy bits in the UK means pulp. Like if you, if you buy orange juice, you can buy it yeah. with juicy bits or not. Um, <laughs> and pulp, as we know, uh, is in, in our version of English, uh, is just kind of that, that um, extra little extra, extra, yeah, just some, some rich part of a story that you don't often get to tell or whatever. So we try to throw extra little anecdotal stories or bits of history or whatever that have a little, little more juice to them into every episode. Yeah, I like when you guys say, oh, that was a juicy bit. That, I, yeah. I love that part. <laughs> yeah, some of the stories I'm like, oh, that that's totally a juicy bit, but we don't highlight it. So I don't I don't, I don't be like, OK, here's Athena's juicy bit for this episode. And here's Felix. Right. We, we take turns and, uh, you know, I talk about, you know, the reason I got a designer job was because I was a showgirl. And um, this one kind of shady audition I had for an actress position you've talked about there was a funny juicy bit we have a whole episode about uh etiquette backstage which you know i think people who are not in show business are really curious about yeah. i think about these are the things that we think about when we come up with for uh subjects for the podcast is what what the non-showbiz people want to hear about you know and, and uh I, that was one of the crazier juicy bits is is uh things that have been witnessed backstage by other entertainers yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's tons. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm sure you have a story, Sherry. <laughs> Backstage. Yeah. I mean, I, I had heard that uh, there was a blender like for margaritas in the, oh, yeah. room in the early eighties. So. <laughs> and then, just, and hello, Hollywood. Hello. Yeah. Which, that just, was, that was, that's, my foot. that's what's so weird. Like people drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes and, and making drinks when we've got these costumes that are worth most, more than most of our houses. Um, but this, uh, but the blender thing, I go, oh, I guess that was a thing. Yeah, just, yeah. But that, that you don't picture that when you when someone comes to the show, they imagine everybody backstage nervous, and even though we've done it every night, it's like, oh no, there's margaritas, there's like conversations that happen up to the very last second before you step on the stage, it's, and then yeah. we re- then we continue it after <laughs> we leave the stage. Uh, so we. <laughs> Yeah. So those things, like I, when I go to show, I know what it's like, but I still kind of imagine them like, well, here we go. But (laughs) when you've done it every night, it's, it's different in the etiquette. I think you even talked about nudity backstage, how when you've done those kind of shows, then you're like in a, in a show where there's somebody that coming in, that's not part of that world. They might be an act and everybody's just hanging out naked backstage and how, Oh, that's an etiquette thing that most people don't deal with probably in musical theater, maybe somewhat, but yeah, I was I was desensitized to it. I I spent 13 years in burlesque, so uh, as an eventuality, I had seen all of my friends nude, and and I was completely desensitized to it. So I have to remember that when I'm talking to people who are not in show business. Right. That would yeah, it, the it, jaw would be down and not be able to function. <laughs> <laughs> so we we the title is what I love the the title. Can you even talk about what? coming up with a name and your cute logo and everything. Sure. It's just all came together in such an interesting way of hearing what it was going to be. And then watching it and seeing the finished product to go, 
this is amazing. It's just, it was very, it's different. It's very catchy. It's different than showgirl life. I don't know. I just feel like the whole name and you two together is something that's so unique. This is our wordsmith mostly, Mm. (laughs) but he is, sometimes I have to take the words back from him because he gets a little too eloquent with his words. He just, he is very well-spoken. I'm just like, (laughs) Uh, but I gave him an ultimatum because he would, we were, we were back and forth with names. We had recorded all of those first 10 episodes before we even had a name for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was hard to say like, we don't know what this podcast is going to be called, but you know, like it was hard not to say that. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't until I think three weeks before we released it, that we actually were teasing the name finally. And the biggest part for us is that our life is an adventure. Everything we do in this life is an adventure. Even the mundane things like going to work, (laughs) like I take, I take my car and then a train. And then, you know, I used to take a bus to work and like, people think this is just like, you know, boring stuff, but anything can happen. Like the other day, a guy walked on the train with a joint lit and I'm like, everyone's freaking out because we all start smelling like pot and getting high. Welcome to Denver. Right. Oh, geez. You know, it's, I'm, I'm going to, I remember things like when, when I heard it, I remember on our drive, our road trip, I think it was going into Vegas. It was just strips of brown just when we were in the brown miles that are just miles and miles of nothing but dead things on the side and you were talking about your relationship I don't know we were talking about how you met about you about adventure and and you I love that conversation because I think there's people that start out with a little bit oh this is exciting and it gets dead basically pretty soon and how you had said how important you were sharing little adventures of things and that stands out to me I can see where I am in the car driving because it stood out enough so I'm sorry I'm did I needed to interject that for some reason, but like we were on an adventure driving, you're talking about an adventure. And then at the end of every day, I would go in my room or where we're Airbnb and you would check in with Phoenix. Gosh, darn it. Felix, <laughs> Felix okay. the cat. Oh my God. And I, every time I'm like, this is wrong. This is right. But you guys would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't eavesdrop, but I would hear like sometimes what Athena would bring up and how you guys would stay engaged in these conversations for a really long time about why it mattered that you got to sign the thing at Jubilee and why it mattered that we got to see this. And he was, and I go, I asked this question because my husband would sometimes pretend to be interested. So I would finish and then he could go watch. He didn't get it. And I think it was just, it, it was kind of lonely to have these wonderful experiences and not be able to share them with someone. Yeah. So I kind of lived through you guys a little bit to hear like that, that Felix was asking really good questions and you got to process how everything we did was an adventure. And to have, to have someone to share that who's excited for you instead of like, okay, that's nice, but what are we having for dinner? So I interjected way too much weird stuff there, but just think of how much that stands out and why it's so fun to listen to you guys talk together because you're not, you didn't share the exact career, but you get each other in such a way that I think a lot of couples, um, yeah, they don't have that. And I think but they can, that- they can. They can. can. That's, I think that we've found that um, the majority of our episodes that we do about relationships are doing better with um, downloads than 
the ones talking about yeah we can showbiz. certainly so, tell yeah. which episodes are more popular and the relationship ones are are the most popular yeah so what were some of those titles there was you had some really good titles uh, about differences in relationships part two was the most listened to episode so oh, far okay yeah so, so the differences between us and how we still have a relationship without <laughs> arguing about the differences he, <laughs> he felt yeah. like it was a roast <laughs> it was a bit of a Felix roast oh not really <laughs> I mean it just is just highlighting the opposite like how opposite we really are but we we still get along and it, I don't know I think that our we want to inspire people to live life with the not expectation, but the, uh, the idea of every, every moment is an adventure. And I think that's why we like stay young and mm-hmm. like visibly looking young and also have more fun in life and just be more happy. Like we're not, we don't actually own a home. We are renting, you know, some people think that's like, oh my God, you're at your age and you don't own a home. Like, you know, there's judgments and things like that, but it's like, we live like the best life, <laughs> you know, in that like digital nomads too. They've inspired people to become, uh, you know, go, go to the van life, which 20 years ago was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> how bad is your a, life? a lifestyle? And, but people are doing these kinds of things because it's full of an adventure and different things happening. And it's, taking the, the, it's adding magic to the mundane, basically. Cool. In, in A recent lives. adventure, I'm trying to think of a good example uh, just to illustrate that, but I would say attending a, a, a high school theater production for one of our teenagers was, it can be a full-on adventure for us. Yeah, <laughs> and we actually recorded a whole podcast <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever release it because they're, we're just so such snobs and we're super cool. <laughs> <laughs> it makes us sound like fools. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I had to do together. It. If it never goes public, it's just fun to get to do that together. It was, it was fun because it was like, I mean, it was exhausting, <laughs> but we did for the middle school production and for the high school production of the, the musical and the play. Uh, we did our critique, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, like, oh, these are our future entertainers or not. (laughs) Mm. Um, But, you know, we have fun and we like, I think that's the, it's the little things. It's, it's the, the moments that string to the big things that where the fullness of life really is. And so the name one big caper, this guy came up with it because I gave him a deadline. I said, you better come up with a name tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And so yeah, the deadline was you have two hours. Right. <laughs> this dude and did it more in the morning. And I went to bed at like nine or 10 that day. So I go to bed and I come in the morning and I'm like looking around because he likes to leave little love notes. And I'm looking around and on my desk, there is, uh, you know, the, those uh, plain striped notepads sheet folded on my desk and I open it up one big caper that was like oh it's so perfect <laughs> oh that's so great oh my gosh that's yeah like brainstorming like this will be it that's that's beautiful even just the just the coming the to yeah to me as this just it's so simple and and all the ones I was throwing out were way too complicated because I like to overcomplicate. I don't like to I just 
it's a tendency I have to overcomplicate things, as you know. <laughs> Let's plan everything out for our trip. With and that's why those opposite things work so well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's more of a fly by the seat of his, his, uh, his pants, his magic pants. <laughs> <laughs> are there, t- are there topics coming up that you can give a little teaser? Oh my God. Here. Yeah. We have a new series, uh, which was inspired by questions that we both get. And that is rooted in our experience and knowledge of uh, Las Vegas. So uh, both of us having worked in Las Vegas in two different capacities, of course, but uh, uh, we have everything from travel tips to juicy little stories and some Las Vegas history and uh, myths about Las Vegas. And uh, it's, it's kind of a fun little series. So we'll be interspersing that with the release of many of the new episodes, but you have a list. Oh. Yeah. So we also started another series because we're trying to get a few episodes banked so that if some, if life happens and we don't have time to record an episode or um, we we're to a, a more manageable schedule of three to four episodes at a time, because I'm exhausted physically because I have a very physical job. And then, um, you know, I don't want to work all the time. I want to spend time with the family and do stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, we started a new one called uh, Pivotal Moments. So these will be moments in our lives. It's basically like a, a longer juicy bit where mm-hmm. we each share a time in our life that it was kind of a crossroads and we had to make a decision. And so our first one, I'm not sure when they'll come out, but we're just recording a bunch every time we do a, a recording. So every month we'll do a recording and uh We'll, we'll see how those go because I mean, I think it's, it's interesting for, for us to look back and be like, oh, would I still be, would I still have these costumes behind me if I made this choice instead or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that just came out paying for entertainment that, that was, oh yeah, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I already know. I've listened to all of them, but yeah, that was um, really good. The assumption, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one in show business. It is. I mean, it, oh yeah. So we, we talk about these things because they're like hot button topics and I try not Mm -hmm. to get too upset. (laughs) I tried not to, Um, but uh, we're going to do one uh, about uh, road trips because we, we talked about, um, you know, relationships seems that people want to know, like, how are we keeping this relationship going? We got a question about, uh, do you get jealous that she is dancing around naked and it's like, no, we don't because <laughs> we come back, we come home to each other, you know, um, my, uh, what does it really mean to adventure? Because again, adventure, some people like an adventure can be, you know, I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and yeah, that's really exciting to some people. Um, but for me, sometimes just going to, uh, one of going to, um, parent teacher conferences at school is an adventure for me. <laughs> <laughs> it really That's is. Um, and I think for me, because I'm such a storyteller, this we're both storytellers that I am always seeking those little bits of inspiration and not making something happen, but just like, oh, this is a really good story that I could tell someday, you know? Um, so, and then one that I really can't wait to do is suburbia versus city life. Cause this guy is like total urban dweller has been since he left home 
And I'm just like comfortable in the suburbs. And we currently live in the suburbs. And it was, it was hard for him to come my way because he has lived in the suburbs before and he really thinks it killed his spirit at that Mm -hmm. time. And I get it. I understand. But I think, you know, my philosophy on life is like, add whatever you need to add where you are. So it's like fertilizer for your garden. Like you add what you need to add so that you don't atrophy, you know, that's kind of like what I'm trying to show him, but he's still having a heart. He's been here for two years and he's still having a hard time. And then two years with COVID too. So you weren't even getting to have your outings to get fed a different way. It's kind of like, yeah. So dry up period. Yeah. So we have a date night every month. We go into the city (laughs) and your dad at costume. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, he does. He does his urban dweller costumes. (laughs) Oh, good, good. Yeah. You got to give people are bored now. They need something to get excited about. Just you dressing up and being yourselves is probably someone else's adventure. Guess what? We saw at a restaurant today. I think we can. Yeah. You know, I I had a, a, a man, a lover of mine in the past who asked me, have you ever seen yourself walk into a room? <laughs> no. Did you see the dry ice? Did you see my special? <laughs> the light dimmed. And <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, you know, I think it was important for us to start the podcast so that we could, uh, you know, just show people like it's possible. You don't have to be a performer, a career performer, have ever been on stage before. Like you can do this yourself and have so much fun with life and just be so much more fulfilled because I think uh, we get into the grind. I still, I get into this grind and I'm just like, there's gotta be something more. Um, But, you know, I walk into my office and it looks like this, you know, surrounded by feathers and rhinestones and, and, you know, I'm going to snap a picture to post with this Um, because you're working really, really hard. You're doing a very demanding job and you're not, you know, I'm glad that you guys have your podcast there. I just took, oh, I just took a video. Sorry. (laughs) Technology, (laughs) but you're, you're still able to keep your showgirl persona alive because I could, because it's almost like you had to put your nose down to the, and I'm going to work this hard for this long. You've got a serious goal. Yeah. But instead of letting that other part of you fade away, because some people like, oh, I'll come back to it. And then like, where did it go? You're somehow managing to keep that part with you instead of just like, I'll come back to you, little showgirl. Yeah, because I lost her. I let her go for so long that she was like separated, like yeah, lying above me and not part of what was going on in my daily life. And I, I there was this really big gaping hole. So um it was a spirit, a huge spiritual awakening, dark night of the soul, a spiritual uh, identity crisis, like all the things mm. combined made me realize like you need this in your life. Even if you're not going to be on stage, you still need to be making stuff or beautifying, amplifying. You still need to be doing this. So I, you know, little bits every day, every day, this is my face. You know, I do mm-hmm. wear lashes. They're not like the giant ones, but it's enough to tap into the energy. Just, it's yeah. just so that it feeds my goddess. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that was with COVID barely keeping the studio alive. I didn't pay myself for almost two years and doing the things that needed to be done. I didn't have a creative outlet. And I was, I'm 
you know, top shirt. I was kind of ready to sell. And I'm in a different place with that now because I started my show night in Paris and it was having the sparkles. It was getting in rehearsals. It was picking out the music. I got feathers all embedded in carpet. I still have to sequence like, how'd that get in there? But I realized I came back alive again because like I, I, we were in survival mode in so many ways and to be an artist, like, okay, I can do a show for my cat, but to not have that and to still be able to, to keep it close to you. Because I think for some people it was just too depressing because this, I'm not going to get to do this anymore. So I'm just going to like act like it didn't matter and dismiss it. So I feel like a lot, like even just having a podcast, people said they were coming back to that part of themselves. I'm like, glad somebody's creating something somewhere. And even if they don't have the energy to do it, I think just seeing people not like, come on, let's drag the dead bodies behind us. We're going to, you know, bring our, our old selves back. It's like, no, it's there. It's just like maybe welcoming, welcoming that part of us back, which the reunion for me was a huge part the podcast, the, the showgirl road trip of just touching those costumes again and going, Oh my God, I did this. I want everyone to get to see experience all that. And I think for both of us, it feels like it's very much about wanting to share it. Not like, let me tell you how fabulous they were. Yeah, no, it's not. It's, it's definitely about sharing it and reminding Mm -hmm. like we were there. Come on, you were here. Let's, let's join this party again. And it's not to start a show again. It's not, I mean, it would be nice, but I don't know if it's sustainable anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Lido closing, when someone said it's in the bluebells, that just went like, well, no, because we're still alive. We're still telling the stories. There's still video. There's still photos. There's still ways that's even if there's no, like you said, the show doesn't have to necessarily be there, even though it's sad. It's just like, no, the stories are in us. And like reconnecting with it, not just this isn't, you know, we're in the old folks home and I was 20 and I was beautiful. My boobs were up here. Yeah. Like the stories are like here. Still, they weren't at my knees. We have a, as I'm teaching a thing with a cane, top hat and cane for my girls, kind of like showgirl Broadway piece. And so we're trying to figure out height and I said nipple height. And so like one was down, right. One was left. Is it down? <laughs> like, okay, let's say 20 year old nipples and not like 62, even though they're young, I had to like, I had to adjust for my age. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to, I want to, well, I have to leave for work too. And I would love to keep talking, but I do want to go back to your tagline. Is that what you would call it? What's the intro of your podcast? It's about story. Is the storytellers in your intro, oh, isn't it? Keeper? Yeah. 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 Sorry. The, the one big caper. What is Felix? What is your intro? Cause that's your voice on there saying it Put you on the spot. Uh, it's both of us. Uh, we oh, that's of, right. You guys go back and forth. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's just about uh, essentially we discover magic and adventure in all things, and uh, so it really comes down to the fact that life for us is one big caper. Yeah, and don't you say storyteller in that too? Two storytellers is that yeah, in there? Yeah, and dreamers we're, and yeah, yeah. storytellers. Yeah, that's, that's us. Oh, that's why I love that part too because that's. Uh, <laughs> The storyteller part. I think we're learning that in this day and age too, how important stories are. Like when things are going away that you thought would just always be there, the importance of storytelling and good storytelling, storytelling from different angles. It's right. feels really important, you know, cause we can't watch Tiger King or like some of the schlock. Of- <laughs> I still haven't even seen that. Don't do it. Don't do it. It was I, yeah. early you know, pandemic. <laughs> no, you have better things than people. Like, I just, mean, this is where we are. This is really sad. I'm going to watch a rerun of Carol Burnett. Um, so 
as as we're ending here, thank you for doing this. And we'll have to get some other caper adventure or something. And I just think things keep changing of things I didn't know I was even going to do, I'm doing, which is kind of fun. Like I'm going back to Paris. Um, it just kind of feels the freedom to like, what, what feels like an adventure and fun and important right now. And then go with that instead of how do I survive? So what, where can they find you for all your things? Cause you've got a lot between the two of you. Can you just share where all, all 700 so, of them are? Yes. OneBigCaper.com <laughs> has the links. If you go to the about page, you can link to, uh, or it, actually any of the episodes links to Felix and I, our own website. So he's at Felix.com and I'm at showgirls.life. And so we are, we're doing like our own things, but the caper is for us or OBC, the caper is for us to basically get more people aware of the work we're doing. And it's kind of like PR. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's a lot of fun. It's not like, yeah, it's, and we get to do what we love to do. So yeah. It's Um, a, a pretty candid look into who we are as people so yeah, yeah just one big caper.com is a great yeah. central resource for all the other stuff felix is still on facebook i don't know why no i know why i know why this he he needs to be in touch yeah and I, I don't <laughs> uh, yeah and i think a lot of people that dropped in like but for me it was reconnecting with the bluebell so if i went off of there i don't i don't want to look at a lot of the other things but i like seeing that and also it's a way to like a new episode is out but I want yeah. to go back to now that I've heard one big caper. Now I want to check out Felix's stuff because it's kind of like, that's part of it. It's like somebody may be interested in Felix. I'm like, well, I want to know more about showgirls now because it's like, it True. piques the interest. And so right. it just brings awareness to a broader way of hearing it. So, yeah, sure. I had Thank a, you. yeah. Oh, no, sorry. go, go ahead. No, you got, I, had a, I can uh, feel it. A friend of mine tell me that she got an intuitive hit that showgirls, life, the podcast is not for, it's not just for showgirls. And I said, well, that's what I've been saying this whole time. However, people think just because it's the show people talking about being in the show that they're not going to learn anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people think the same thing about bluebells forever. It's it's not like we are talking about life lessons. They're just more glittery. (laughs) Yeah. I I have a dance studio and there's a few people that listen and there's some people that I don't think they think of a garden show or they don't know what it is. And, and it doesn't matter if I talk about it and post things all over the place. But when I, uh, I say, it's not just, it's, you know, dancers, you should be interested, not should, cause that doesn't work about auditions and like their upbringing as a dancer. What is it like to be different when you live in a dance studio and you don't have a social life or what is it like when your body is not performing how it needs to be to keep you working? I think these are like, it's not just showgirl thing. And there are people that get it. And I just quit trying to like convert everybody over to <laughs> like, yeah. here's something that actually could be really entertaining and useful for you. I have a, like on my Patreon, I've got the Bluebell adjacent. I've, we've got dancers from our studio. One that's been in Hamilton. His interview is fabulous. Two people will listen to it because it's only on Patreon. Another one of our dancers is in La La Land. Another one is a Rockette. And so I do Bluebell adjacent. But if nobody's listening to them, I'm like, these are so fun and so informative of, of this dancer life. But it's okay. Like if you have like Elizabeth Phillips, I, I love and adore you. She'll say, oh, I love this one. I love this story about Broadway. Thank you. And I'm like, okay, Elizabeth, this is for you. <laughs> so she's going to be in Paris the same time. So we're going to do a tea time in Paris oh, when we're both there next month. So 
Yeah. It's mainly when you start thinking, who is this for? Who are the people that really enjoy this? This is for you. And the rest of them, you know, murder mysteries podcast. Good. Good on you. There you go. Yep. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Mm, It's so good to reconnect until we do it in person. And Felix, 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 Felix. I said it six times to make up for the other ones. I got it wrong. That's fine. fine. I just have a Phoenix in my life. And it's somehow it's when I start to think about saying it wrong, that it comes out wrong. Like if I said, don't say authentica, don't call her authentica, whatever you do, don't call her authentica. So authentica, thank you for joining me today. (laughs) That's why skiers don't think about not hitting trees. Right. (laughs) That's the best way to end. That's so good. And you're a mentalist. So maybe you can help me on another, maybe on a coaching thing of getting people's names right as a mentalist. We can can work on that. Sure. We can work on that. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Felix and Athena. Bye. Bye.